DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Wake that ass up. The Breakfast Club is on right I love coming here. I'm never not going to come here. You guys are good to me and return. I'm always going to be good to you. For a lot of people in the hip-hop generation, The Breakfast Club is where people get their information on the topics, on the artists, and everything like that. In that aspect, radio is still important. The Breakfast Club. When my name come up, respect it. Good morning, USA! Yo, 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Monday. Yes, it's Monday. Back to the work week. Start of another work week. MV uh, got some fresh, fresh Beijing on this morning. I, I ain't got no it looks, Beijing, It bro. looks very more, it looks more natural. I don't know what you're you, talking you, about. You went out the country and you got the right person to get it done this time. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, man. all right. I just came back from uh, working from, uh, uh, I don't want to say, I wasn't on vacation because I didn't take vacation days because I still came to work, right? So I just came back. In a robe. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a robe. So I just came back from uh Working remotely. That's what I'll call it. Isn't that nice? They got, you told everybody where you were last week. I don't know why you're not saying it now. I, I'm not. I wasn't. It wasn't actually vacation because I worked. So oh. I was just working remotely in Cobbles. Oh. Me and my wife's anniversary. But I had a great trip. Glad to be back. Missed the kids. Had a wonderful vacation. Uh, well, whatever you want to call it. Just relax. <laughs> you call it a vacation now. Just me and the wife. It was just a good time to reset and just kind of just reconnect and it was a great, great week. Well, salute to all the hairline artists out there. They did a great job. Hairline it looks natural. Artists, goodness gracious, you're such a hater. So I'm not hating. I'm just giving them props. All right. God, I'm giving you people props. Me on my, my nice tan and how. I ain't notice all that. I ain't notice. Oh, all now that. you ain't notice all that. You're glowing. You're glowing. You've been staring at me all morning. Excuse me. Well. Excuse me. That's how we start. Dial back well, the I want to say. I want to say happy birthday to Notori. It was her birthday, and over the weekend, she bought a house in Brooklyn. Nice. So she had a, a little gathering at her house, so I just want to shout out Notori. It was a really amazing time. We played Taboo. I haven't played that in so long. You talking about And the, I feel like... talking about mm-hmm. Notori Notton, right? Tasha from Power. Yes. yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we were celebrating her birthday, her new house. She's engaged, all of those things, so she's having a great... Uh, 2021 already, and she has a new show that we that got picked up, which we discussed on the Breakfast Club. Well, congratulations to Natori. Good morning, Natori. Mm-hmm. Well, today on the show we got a, a bunch of special guests joining us. We have Four Two Doug joining us. Four Two Doug. What's Four Four Two Doug from Detroit, right? Yes. Yes, I'm, he is. I'm glad y'all say Four Two because I be saying Forty Two. It looks like I know. 42 we when keep you're telling it. you it's four two. It's Doug. forty. It's four two. We keep telling you. He be like, all right, well, Forty Two Doug. <laughs> yeah. When I met him, I know why they call him Four Two. He's really like that height, right? No. He's not? He's taller than 4'2". He is? Yes. He's oh. not 4'2". Did, did we even ask him why we call him 4'2"? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll find out. I like the guy, though. You know how short 4'2 is? Well, I've not, never paid. Not not that short to me. Not too I'm far not, from you. Right. Exactly. Not too far from you. Okay, I get it now. All right. And also, uh, Dr. Rita Walker, right? Oh, man. Dr. Rita Walker is the author of one of my favorite reads, The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health. You know, I give it out on this radio every morning. And it's Mental Health Awareness Month, so why not talk to Dr. Rita Walker? All right. A lot to talk about. And we got front page news. What are we starting off with, Yee? Yes, and let's talk about boxing. Everybody's excited for this next match. All right, we'll get into it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hey. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. NBA 
playoffs, all right? The Bucks beat the Heat 109-107. The Mavericks beat the Clippers 113-103. The Nets beat the Celtics 104-93. The Trailblazers beat the Nuggets 123-109. Now the 76ers beat the Wizards 125-118. The Suns beat the Lakers 99-90. Last night, oh my gosh, what a great game. Did you though. talk about our Brooklyn Nets? I already said them. Hawks beat the Knicks 107-105. That was a great game. So sad. That was a sad. <laughs> First of all, the Knicks played very hard. You they know did. what I'm saying? Trey Young is just a, he was an unstoppable force in the in the fourth quarter. Randall was off last night. He was off the whole game. Well. Yeah, he was off. I don't remember. Yeah, he was off. I think he only had 13 points. He, okay. he was off. He wasn't himself. And the Grizzlies beat the Jazz 112-109. The energy in the garden was very pure, oh, though. it was great. Okay. Oh, man. Until they lost, and then it was dead silence. Yeah, Young <laughs> shut him up. It right. got real quiet in there. <laughs> it did. It did. But we got other games. Now, what else we got, Ye? Well, Manny Pacquiao has announced that he's going to be fighting Errol Spence in Vegas in August. So this is the first time he's fighting since he beat Keith Thurman back in July 2019. And he went on Twitter to reveal his plans. So he also said, I love to challenge the top guy. And that's the top guy. According to him, pound for pound. Yeah, that's going to be a great fight. Uh, Earl Spence is going to watch Manny Pacquiao. But it's going to be a great fight uh, in the sense that you'll get to see Earl Spence. You know what I mean? I don't know how many people actually pay attention to Earl Spence and how great he is. But Manny Pacquiao's a star, so he'll bring a lot of eyes to that fight. Yeah. Shut up. Earl Spence is going to watch Manny Pacquiao. Of course he is. I just, you know, Pacquiao is way far from his prime, in my opinion. So? Is it a fight that you guys really... That looking that forward. I'm not looking for. I mean, listen, it's a good match. It's a good. It's a good. It's a good set of names. But Earl Spence is going to watch Manny Pacquiao. I agree. All right, and let's talk in more sports. Simone Biles, 24 year old USA gymnastics superstar. This went viral when she did the near impossible Yurchenko double pike. She did it not once but twice during a practice session, and then over the weekend she nailed it. So people are saying she is one of the greatest gymnasts the world has ever seen. Did y'all see this video? I did. No, I haven't seen oh it. Oh my gosh, she killed it. Amazing, everywhere. And yeah, they're saying everywhere. that no woman has ever attempted this in previous competitions. And it was a historic event. She wore a leotard that had goat on it. So, yeah, she yes, killed people it. were. She mm-hmm. killed that. Woo. And the $515 million Mega Millions jackpot, that winning ticket was sold in Pennsylvania. It's the ninth largest jackpot awarded in the history of the game. So, yes, lottery officials did announce Friday somebody in Pennsylvania has that. It's the third time someone in Pennsylvania has won a Mega Millions jackpot since the lottery game began in 2002. Yeah, no more of a defeating feeling than, uh, you know, driving down the highway and you see the big sign for the Powerball and the Mega Millions. Mm-hmm. And I saw it this morning and saw that had dropped down to 20 million. And so you almost kill yourself reaching for your wallet, you know what I mean, just to see. And then when you see him, you're like, damn. Yeah, they didn't get it. You I don't even do that no more. I just Google. Pennsylvania. Oh, you Google? I just Google and see what a winning ticket was. But you can win something, though. You guys still got to check. I've won $4 quite a few times. <laughs> I've definitely All won right, $4 and this, quite a few times. Yes. There's so about to be a, a heat wave. I appreciate it. <laughs> the first heat wave of the season started yesterday, and they're saying it's going to continue into the work week for much of the eastern U.S. And so over 30% of the U.S. population will experience temperatures of at least 90 degrees or higher this week. So I just giving it. y'all a little heads up. I love it. Mm-hmm. All right. And that is your front page news. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Phone lines are wide open. Again, the number is 800-585-1051. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club.
This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or blessed. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? This is Jay from Baby, Florida. Jay, what up, man? Get it off your chest. Man, I'm just mad. Um, I just bought this house, and I hired this contractor. I gave him half the deposit to, to my fence. Man, this man that took my money. I never heard from him. Damn it, man. Well, I, t- mm-hmm. I tell everybody, I mean, did you have you been to one of my seminars or no? I did, DJ. Afterwards. And what did I tell you? I tell you, you never pay the contractors half. You buy the supplies yourself, and you pay him hourly. That way, you don't get got. You ain't listen to nothing we said. You know what I'm saying? Afterwards, I bought the house. I had bought the house already. I, I lost the money. Oh, you lost the money already. Okay. Well, I tell I tell everybody out there, if you do buy a house that needs some repairs and you have to deal with the contractors, be careful because a lot of contractors are cons. The best way to protect yourself is to buy the supplies. If you got to put up a fence, you buy the fence yourself and then you pay them hourly to do the work. So that way it saves you a lot of money and also saves you a lot of uh, uh, time and, and getting got like yourself, sir. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's just tough, man. I'm, I'm an operator. Yeah. By the way, um, y'all never show out no love to the water to the water operators, man. Well, shout to all the water operators out there. What is a water operator, by the way? The water operator, Charlemagne, we take care of them. We pull water from the ground. It goes to your house. Drinking water. We're so essential. Fire department, hospitals. We even pay the police department bills, man. Wow. But yeah, we we're still not we're still not deemed to be essential. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never even heard of a water operator, sir. I never even thought about oh, yeah. it. But, I mean, yes. Every single Y'all are essential. Day, you can earn up to 150 man. Like, I'm talking about. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, congratulations, King. Salute to all the water operators out there. You have a good one, man. I'm sorry about your, your, them getting you for 5K, brother. No, no, that's all good. I appreciate y'all. I listen to y'all every day. All right, brother. Yeah, have a good one. You too now. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Janae. Hey. Oh, my God. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Janae. Good morning, Janae. Good morning, Uncle Charlotte. I love you more. Baby, I really love you. Oh my God, I love you. I love you so much. Okay, so my name is Janae. I'm from Michigan. Um, I wanted to vent about your mask. I just got off work. I got a wig on right now under this hat. We got to wear safety glasses. My mask is fogging up my glasses. I'm just over these masks. <laughs> you got a lot of accessories going on. You got wigs. You got glasses. You got masks. Well, I don't know what to tell you. That's the area. That's the that's the area that we live in right now. Right. I just wanted to get off my chest. While I'm here, can I shout out my podcast real quick? Sure, Mama. Go ahead. It's called Single and Still Married Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. I would love if y'all checked it out, gave me y'all opinions. Y'all really, really inspired me to start my podcast. Okay, Mama. Have a good one. All right. Hello. Who's this? What's going on, DJ Abby? This is Front Page. Front page. What up, brother? Get it off your chest, man. Oh, man. First off, I just want to say, uh, that's a piece of bread to God, son. Uh, Absolutely. To him. Absolutely. And his family. Now, I told you guys before, we had the question, how this virus got here? And I'm talking about the coronavirus, because we see on the news now, it was tampered with at the last. They're, they're telling you this now. So, 
this is what I wanted to uh, get off my chest now because remember when I told you about the chemtrail and how this thing got there in Charlemagne, you said I just can't show you a chemtrail. I got to have the proof of how it got here. Now, I haven't seen. What are you talking about on the news? They said COVID was tampered with in labs. What are you talking about? I'm talking about Wuhan. In the Wuhan labs, I'm talking about the financial institutions that paid for this enhancement of the, of the virus to, to get it to, trans, to uh, transform from the bats to the humans. Oh, yeah. I don't have that. I don't have that news. What YouTube channel is that that you was watching? I know you too. Come on, we got it all on Fox. We got it on CNN. This is, this is everywhere. Well, I got to do saying, my research. They, they, were, they weren't saying anything about a bat. They were saying that they were looking for creating a vaccine, and somehow it got out. Was what they were what they were saying? Just like any other virus that's in a lab somewhere right now, they're making vaccines for. Oh, thank right. you, Drummond. Any other virus, but with this type of level of uh, contam- of contamination, they have level four type of security in these type of. Uh, facilities they use you know, level two, similar to like regular dental office, mm-hmm. and they're dealing with they're dealing with high reactive bacteria changes but the point is they're saying that it's fake but how did it get to new york city and explode like this this is what we got to start questioning and we can't say we don't know because we do know they did to us and this is what i've been saying all the time this is this is fake as these clouds are that bill gates running over your head Okay. Hey, yo, yo, look, can, can we talk about this on Thursday? Yeah, it's Monday. I, it's, Monday. it's just, it's I, I can't. Yeah, Monday, it's, it's too much for me right now. I just, it's too much for me. The, the YouTube I, University I, classes oh, are, are, are a bit much. I don't yeah. think, like. I let's wait till Didn't Thursday. Did it exist in China though? Too? I don't know. It's Monday. I, Come I, on, I, I wasn't even. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't even listening to him. And I hate. It was in more than just New York too. I believe. I don't think it was just New York. Uh, can we confirm that? The YouTube uh, confirmed that's in more than New York. Yeah, I don't know if COVID was anywhere. I think COVID was just in New York. I'm not sure, y'all. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up. Now we got rumors on the way? Yes, and let's talk about the Billboard Music Awards that were on last night. Did y'all see Drake with his son, Adonis? Super cute. Sure did. And we'll talk about it next. So keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right. Well, the Billboard Music Awards were yesterday, and some of the top winners were The Weeknd. He took home 10 awards that night, including top artists and top male artists. Pop Smoke got five, including top new artists, top rap artists, top male rap artists, and top Billboard 200 album and top rap album. Mm-hmm. That's huge. I'm dropping a clue bomb for Pop Smoke. And everybody else? Yeah, he well deserved that one. That album was great. All right, now in other news, Michelle Obama saluted Alicia Keys at the Billboard Music Awards. She was celebrating the 20th anniversary of Songs in A Minor, which came out on June 5th, 2001, when she was only 19 years God old. damn. That's Here you, is Michelle that's, you Obama. You don't know my name and all that? That was um, Falling. Yeah, I think you don't know my damn, name. Damn, that was 20 that, right? years ago? Jesus. Alicia's not yeah, just wait, an artist. No. Alicia is not just an artist. She's also an advocate for women and families around the world, a leader on social justice, a wife, a mentor, a mother, but most of all, she is herself. And in bearing her true self, she calls us all to do the same in our own lives and for each other. Alicia, you are such a shining light. You inspire me and my daughters and millions of fans all around the world. 
No, you don't know my name was the second name. That was yeah, the, uh, that was on the diary of Alicia Keys. You're thinking of how come you don't call me? Maybe when yeah, and and girlfriend. That's on the that one, one with uh ODB sample. What what what? what? Oh, got you. Mm-hmm. But even still, 20 years ago, my God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, now other people who were on the stage. No, Jay, Fallen was on got... that um. Song the name. Yeah, right. Fallen was on that. Yeah. Not, yeah. not you don't know my name, no. Mm. You don't know my. You name don't know my name album. was on the diary of yeah, Alicia Keys. Got you. All right, Trey the Truth also got the Changemaker Award, and here he is giving his speech. It's important to change people's lives. It's important to change the thoughts of those who give up at times. And it's important to change things that wasn't designed for our best interest. For me, you know, I come from the streets. We got to protect our women. We got to protect our children. We got to protect our elders. It's time for us to change the narrative and control our own story right about now. It's about stepping up, not taking no for an answer. And if you know me, you know I never back down and most of all, never give up. But one last thing too, Daniel Cameron, we still gonna need justice for Breonna Taylor. Dropping the clues bombs for Trader Truth. I, I, I'm glad Trader Truth is who he is and what he is. But man, I would love to hear him doing a quiet storm. Don't he got a great quiet storm voice? Yeah, Trader Truth is amazing just to see everything that he's been doing in the community, even mm-hmm. though he's, um, you know, had to go through a lot of obstacles. Mm, still goes through. Never stop. Yeah, never let up. All right. In addition to that, Drake was honored as the artist of the decade. And he had his son Adonis, which was really cute, on the stage with him. And here is, he did like a whole opening video. I'm supposed to believe in this light skin, R&B face, crying on every song. Does he even write his own songs? songs? I promise you, this is never going to work, even if he had a cosign. Okay, best I ever had was a cute one, but he needs another one. Nah, another one. You know what? Okay, he did it, but can he do it again? No, again. No, again. You know what? He's just a lucky guy. Drake should have let me write that critique. Sounds like you did. They did. No, no, no. I would have no, been, yeah. been way, I would have been way better. Okay, if it's one, if it's one thing I'm good at is building a case of doubt against Drake. Okay, <laughs> and you could have just pulled audio from the Breakfast Club, Drake. All right, right here, me, Charlamagne. Well, Le- 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 LeBron was also in the video too, and he uh, gave part of this intro. Are we sure it's luck? Nine number one albums, six number one songs, a record 232 songs on the Billboard charts, 45 top 10 chart positions, the most of any artist ever. The first artist to debut at number one, two, and three simultaneously. More weeks on the Hot 100 than Elvis Presley, Elton John, Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson. Most streamed artist of all time. It's not luck, my good friends. It's certain destiny. I think that, that I think that's obvious. Drop on the clues, bonds for Drake. It's, it's, it's obvious, Drake. It's, unden- it's undeniable. Yeah. yeah, Drake is who God wants him to be. That's it. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Donis, like we said, Drake's three-year-old son was on stage with him to accept the award, and at one point he did burst into tears. But you, it was really cute. He was holding on to his dad's leg, like, "Who are all these people in front of us?" Listen to this speech. I'm really self-conscious about my music. I rarely celebrate anything, and um. Just for anyone watching this that's wondering how this happened, it's being so unsure how you're getting it done that you just kind of keep going in the hopes of figuring out the formula. The fear of losing it keeps you up at night. Mm. I didn't really write a grandiose speech about how to make it work or what it took because I don't quite understand it myself. I know that I've spent an incalculable amount of hours trying to analyze all the things I did wrong, but tonight for once, I'm sure as hell we did something right. So. <laughs> 
Hey, sound like he's using that uh, anxiety just to fuel him, man. So drop on the clues bombs for Drake. Hey. Also, top Latin artist was Bad Bunny. Top Latin male artist, Bad Bunny. Top Latin female artist was Carol G. Did they, uh, did, did they announce those awards on TV? I think so, yeah. Oh, okay. That's a huge category. Top R&B female artist was Doja Cat. Mm-hmm. And um, top R&B male artist was The Weeknd. So those are just some of the winners. Who won the best rap album? Right. You said Pop Smoke won the best rap album? Pop Smoke, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now we got front page news next. What are we talking about? Man, this story is going to break your heart. This was one of the hardest things to watch. And of course, it has to do with the police. Mm. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. By using brands like Dove and Hellman's, you're supporting Unilever and the everyday good they do. Like donating more than $25 million worth of everyday products and services to groups like Feeding America this year. Visit UnileverDoesGood.com to support communities impacted by the pandemic. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get some front page news. NBA playoffs quickly. The Bucks beat the Heat. Mavericks beat the Clippers. The Nets beat the Celtics. Trailblazers beat the Nuggets. 76ers beat the Wizards. The Suns beat the Lakers. The Hawks beat the Knicks. And the Grizzlies beat the Jazz. Now, let's get right into it. What are we talking about? Man, now this is really, really hard to watch. Um, Dartavius Barnes, he got stopped for a traffic stop. And police officers, and this was back in April 2020 that this happened, they actually uh, took his daughter's ashes, his two-year-old daughter's ashes out, and said that it tested positive for meth. Listen to what happened. There was something else in the car, too. What? It was like Molly or Ecstasy crushed up. No, y'all did some tests on it, bro? Yeah, it tested positive for for math slash MDMA. No, 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 bro. That's my daughter. What are y'all doing, bro? That's my daughter, bro. Give me that, bro. Well, look, she just I know, left last year. You know, my, yeah, you know I, me. Bro. Yeah. That's her, bro. Okay. No, bro. Uh, let me talk to the bro, officer. Please give me my daughter, bro. Pull her in my hand, bro. Y'all are disrespectful, bro. You, you need, so the test kit, like, it did look like it field tested for, like, meth. I, that, I know. That's my daughter, bro. I got you. I believe you, man. I'm going to give it to your dad if you're cool with that. Hey, right? Thank you, bro. Ooh, imagine that he's handcuffed. He's trying to get mm-hmm. to the urn with his daughter's ashes in it. His daughter was two years old, Tanaja Barnes, and mm. she died of neglect and starvation inside the mom's home. So the mom was actually sentenced to 20 years in prison after pleading guilty to first degree murder. And her boyfriend also was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to 30 years. So imagine you dealt with that tragedy and then you get pulled over in a traffic stop and they take mm-hmm. your two year old daughter's ashes. Yes. And lie and say it tested positive. It's, it's just trauma on top of trauma. Yep, that's what it is. And that you got to be a real sociopath as a police officer to not even have any empathy for him whatsoever. Like, why would he? Uh, why, like, it's just. And then you hear it, and silly. you still give him a ticket. Like, <laughs> and you know him, right? Because they know the story. They know who he is, and so they they also spilled out the ashes. By the way, what you mean? Like they spilled out some of the ashes. So now he's suing the Springfield Police Department in federal court. He says the officers unsealed the urn, opened the urn without his consent and without a lawful basis, including a search warrant, and then desecrated and spilled out the ashes. He should get, oh my God. And look how nice he was still being to the officer after that. You know what I'm saying? He even told the officer, thank you. Just like, Lord have mercy, boy. All right, now President Joe Biden is planning to meet with George Floyd's family one year after his death. That's going to be tomorrow. And they're going to miss that deadline for passing police reform legislation. But 
they don't want to just pass anything. They want to make sure it's a very comprehensive uh, bill and the family as Tamika Mallory, when she came on the show, said that's what the family would want also, because they did have this deadline to pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, which was originally introduced in June of 2020 and passed by and passed by the House of Representatives in March. But it's unlikely that they're going to sign that legislation tomorrow. And we don't need no symbolism. You know what I'm saying? If you like if, if you're not going, you know, get rid of qualified immunity. And really have something in there, some some real teeth in there that'll keep police officers from, you know, brutalizing us. And it's pointless. So don't just don't just pass something to say you did it just because it's you right. know, the anniversary of George Floyd's death. Right. That's just optics. No, just we don't right. want optics. We want actual substance. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So they're not doing that. So uh, that's the good news. They're going to actually work on making sure that it is something that is much needed and not just pass anything mm-hmm. with, it, with very important things taken out of it. You can't do that. All right, and there were a lot of shootings over the weekend. I'm sure you guys saw that. As a matter of fact, in Brooklyn, there was a helicopter flying around because somebody, uh, I guess, shot someone with a gun. It was right down the block from me. So I kept hearing that all night. And then two people were killed and 12 injured in a shooting at a birthday party in New Jersey. So these two victims were age 30 and 25. They died at the scene. This was in Fairfield Township. Um, They both suffered fatal gunshot wounds and were found dead at the scene. Police have not identified these victims by name. Also in um, South Carolina, there was a teen girl killed and 14 people injured in a shooting at an illegal South Carolina concert. At least a 14 year old girl was killed and at least 14 other people injured. Multiple gunmen opened fire into the crowded concert. It was in a residential area of North Charleston at about mm-hmm. 1030 p.m. In the naughty by in North Charleston. That's horrible, right, man. But so- it's summertime, though. So, you know, when you talk about these heat waves and you talk about things getting to 80-something degrees and 90-something degrees, yes. What 50 Cent said in the hood, summertime is the killing season. It's hot out this. That's a good enough reason. Yeah. All right. Well, that is your front page news. All right. Now, when we come back, 4-2 Doug will be joining us. We'll kick it with him. If you don't know, he signed to Yo Gotti and Lil Baby. He has the song with Lil Baby that I'm sure you guys know. Yeah, 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 we paid. Yeah, 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 we paid. So 4-2 Doug, when we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Hey. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. His album is out right now. 4-2 Doug, ladies and gentlemen. 4-2. What's happening? What's happening? Peace, King. You, would you, you wouldn't call us an album, would you? Freedom Boys, Freedom Boys, you wouldn't call it an album? I feel like it's an album. Okay, 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 okay. I feel like it's an album. Okay. Because everybody say project, so I don't be knowing nowadays. Yeah, yeah. But they ain't so, classifying it as an album, but I feel like it's an album as far as the body of work, though. I wonder what's the what's the science behind it. Like, why do they say, you know, because it's 49 minutes long, it's a bunch of songs, why do they say it's a project and not an album? I wonder what the... Trying to keep people in them deals. What? Trying <laughs> 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 to keep people in them deals straight up. How did you get your name 4-2 Doug for people that don't know? Uh, well, my name really, Dugger. And 4-2, that's just, you know, some shit me and my homeboys put together on the positive side as far as making music go. It's really Dugger, so we, I shortened it from Dugger to Doug and 4-2 Doug. Gotcha. Oh, they go to CEO? Here. 4-2, though. Okay, they go Gotti, to CEO. What Gotti, what's happening, Gotti? Hey, listen, this is an... Happy belated, Gotti. Happy yes. belated. You had a lit birthday party. But I want to say appreciate this is an unusual it. situation because you're signed to both Yo Gotti and Little Baby. So and himself and himself he partners. Okay, we been hey. partners, you know what I'm saying. So talk about that because I know um, that's unusual. It's not like y'all already had a situation together. I mean, it was 
What you mean by unusual, though? I mean, because it's not like you guys already have other artists signed together. Oh, me and Baby? Yeah. Oh, we just hustlers, you know what I'm saying? Like, Baby hustle, I'm a hustler, Doug a hustler. Mm-hmm. It's no different than, you know, three three dudes getting money together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But how did it happen? Like, how did it come about? How did y'all meet up? Uh, I'm going to let Doug tell y'all this. Well, I met, Ga- I met Baby Gambling in L.A. Uh, me and T pushed up on him one time in L.A. during the BT Awards. And, you know, we were just kicking it, how we kick it. I never told him I rap, though, so he really ain't know I rap. You know what I'm saying? You just thought you was good with the dice. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I met him again after that. Yeah. We got him again. So. Was you busting his ass? Yeah, I f***ed <laughs> 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 How much you want? I probably won like 100000 first. Damn, okay. Yeah. Second time, we probably won like 30000 But, you know, me and him was kicking it and shit, just kicking it regular and shit. And then, I called him one time. He was in Miami with his brother and shit. I called him. And when they picked up, they was rapping my song. They was rapping one of my songs, you know what I'm saying? And he didn't know it was you? Yeah, he, his brother had told him, okay. like, you know, this dude and shit. So he was rapping this shit, going crazy. So I was recording him and shit, I'm talking shit to him. And he like, come out to Atlanta and fuck with me. But then, Gotti came to Detroit, you know what I'm saying? Gotti came to Detroit to do a performance. And he hit me up, like, my uh, my daddy homeboy called me with Gotti on the phone. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking they playing and shit. Mm-hmm. So he like, yeah, I got a concert today. You fucking with it? I'm like, hell yeah. So I pulled up on him and shit. He brought me out. And they since then, you know what I'm saying? It's just been a, a whole group thing. How, 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 how is it growing up in Detroit as as a street artist? Was it hard? Like, did the radio embrace you? Or? Yeah, they oh, no, they was fucking with me. Okay, okay. They was fucking with me off the get go. Like, the Detroit, because I used to do it. High school tours and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I really got hot doing the high school tours and shit. So the radio was behind me. Can we talk about this song to your mom, too? Because you said you got out of jail, right? So that song, you were apologizing to your mother yeah. for getting locked up. And then you violated your parole. What happened? It was, I wasn't apologizing to her for getting, I wasn't apologizing to her for getting locked up. I was apologizing to her for getting kicked out of boot camp. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. I did, I was supposed to do four and four months. So I had like four four years in in one month. And they was gonna send me the last 90 days, they sent me to boot camp to do 90 days. So I did like 37 days and then I ended up getting kicked out. I ended up catching a uh, series of assault. I ended up getting kicked out and like, they gave me a phone call before I went back to prison. They're like, call your emergency contact. I called my mom and I just, can feel it like in her voice like she was fucked up mm-hmm. like she couldn't mm-hmm. believe like I blew you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. I blew coming home and shit. so they sent me straight to the hole and shit. and I like made the song like as as the months went on now you started rapping in prison right yeah and how old were you I said probably like 19 okay what made you start what made you start rhyming like you just I was in the hole like stressed mm-hmm. out of that bitch like the whole like fuck you up, you get to come out one hour after day. Mm-hmm. I was in there for like sixty days straight. So Damn. that's very inhumane to put it somebody is, in solitary well, confinement in the hole for sixty days. Shop. They supposed to gave me some money for that shit. Like all the all the youth offenders, they sued the state. Everybody got money and shit, but I was already 
Rap. Was you rapping before that, or, or you started rapping in prison? Like, how did you learn? You know, the sixteen bars. It was just straight rapping. Like, how did you learn? No, see, I ain't know sixteen. I ain't know none of that. You you trying to stay sane? Yeah, yeah you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm that bitch standing there rapping about being hungry. For <laughs> <laughs> real, like I'm in that bitch. Gonna turn invisible. I'm in that bitch stressed out. So rapping was like, I'm just putting shit together. The shit so weak. When I first started, it was so weak. <laughs> I threw this shit away. <laughs> what was you rapping about? Like, give us Man, an example. Anything, of your first rap. like true religious and shit like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, so they gave they give you pen and pad in the hole? Yeah, they give you pen okay, and pad. Okay, see, I didn't. Okay, okay. I don't think they give you a pad. They give you. I was writing it on on like my legal work. Mm -hmm. So I write rap on the back of my legal work. And shit, but it was so weak. I ripped this shit up. But I ended up going sh back to the hole again for. For another little some bullshit, and then I fear I figured it out like. I yeah, when did you realize that you had it that it wasn't wasn't trash? When you was like, oh no, I, I could do this. <laughs> my second time in the hole, my second time in the hole, I'm like, this shit starting to sound okay. You remember the rap? Uh, I'm trying. To... Yeah, so it's a song called Free Minds that mm -hmm. I made, and the rap I had was like. If I'd have had it, I'd have seen it. You know, mm -hmm. it's out, though. I ended up doing the song. Mm -hmm. I ended up actually recording one of my first songs. And mm -hmm. shit. Yeah, I know the rap, though. It was hard. You used to, you, I feel like you used to get into a lot of fights in jail. Like, people probably used to, to try you because of, of your size. I want to say try me, but you know what I'm saying? I was one of the motherfuckers that always talking shit to motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. So you got to put, you got to think, put me in that motherfucker surrounded by people that got life. Mm -hmm. 30 years You know what I'm saying I got 4 years Damn You know what I'm yeah, saying Yeah so they just f***ing with so you So the yeah. coming from me down there Like me saying f*** you You know yeah, what I'm saying yeah. So they like You know what I'm saying My f*** down there Go upside your head in that bitch You doing all day mm -hmm. So you know what I'm saying I got a lot of that But everybody I knew a lot of people and I knew a lot of people in jail Alright we got more with 4-2 Doug When we come back it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with 4-2 Doug. Charlemagne? How was it, like, just growing, growing up in Detroit? Like, you know, was, just always, was you always in the street? Was it dice? Did you ever focus on school or just what? So, I probably caught my first case at 12. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You trying to get your money back from the dude? No. Motherfucker had a stolen car and man I swear to God I had like bad luck or something I mean I can't even drag you feel me mm -hmm. but all I knew was the, the keys was right there and this had a car so I'm like he in the house cleaning up and shit so I'm, I'm like waiting on him to go to the back he goes to the back I dabs in his car you feel <laughs> me I dabs in his car shit. and my mother looks so bad as soon as I bag up out of the car Police around that motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Why? Man, the motherfucker was stolen. But as soon as you... Oh, he stole it. I don't know who stole it. Okay, okay, okay. Got you, got you, got you. I thought you were saying you stole his car. The car's already stolen. No, I'm like, I'm in his shit. Got you. You know what I'm saying? So when they pull up, shit was looking crazy. As soon as they pull up, shit, I, I like threw it in reverse. And hit the police car when I hit that bitch. I like rolled out of that bitch like James Bond. <laughs> I saw the guy. I rolled out of that bitch and fall instantly. As soon as I fall, police car hit me in my motherfucking jaw. Boom, taking you to jail and shit. So Ace, then I had a little case and shit. Car, uh, stolen car, pistol case. 
You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. So, but it's still fun growing up with me because we. Does the city embrace you now? Hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. What you is know. it like when you go back? Because Detroit has. Been the mall, like, you know what I'm saying? They f with me the whole way. I f with them, though. If it was up to me, I wouldn't have left. Mm hmm. You know, but shit. You who, know. who told you to leave? Who told you that the move would be to go to ATL? Man, Gotti told me. Mm hmm. Shit. My lawyers told me. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody, like, mm -hmm. man, you need to forget about this shit. But, you know, work wise, it's probably easier to be, because if you in Atlanta, there's a lot of artists that record and work out there. Yeah, for sure. You, uh, for sure, bump into a lot of. You know, I bumped into a few different motherfuckers. So that's a good thing. But on the negative side, it's like you don't know nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So imagine moving somewhere where you don't know nobody. You can't really go outside or none of that shit. Mm hmm. Cause you out of bond. Mm -hmm. You can't go to just be going in places. You don't know who area this is. You don't know what's going on. So that's the only minus I don't f with about Atlanta. Cause I don't know nobody. I really can't hang. You know, I ain't no inside the house, motherfucker. Mm -hmm, I'ma mm -hmm. let's go have fun. Mm -hmm. Yo, Gotti so, probably think that's for the best, right? Studio. Yeah, that work. would be. Gotti, is moving <laughs> is moving a mandatory adjustment when you making. You know that 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 transition from the streets to the rap game. I know. I want to say it's a mandatory thing. Like I still got cribs in Memphis. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? But it's just um, it's situational who you who you are and what you're doing, and what you was doing before you were successful. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I, I relate to what he's going through because I had the same issues in Memphis with the police. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When they know you from a certain life before you was successful in music, they don't never forget that. Like, mm -hmm. even though you may start doing this, they still look at you as this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your your name just going to be in everything that happened, mm -hmm. really around your way. Uh, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, anything that happened around your way, they going to connect you to or try to connect you to mm -hmm. it or feel like you had some say in it or, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I think, for me, that's what I seen happen with little bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of, you know, it, you know we don't get in, into it too much, but, you know, a lot of things they were trying to, legal thing they were trying to put him in, were like they did to the wrong. Like he wasn't even in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Like, Damn. you know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't even Detroit. And then like, he's like, yeah. you know what I mean? You know putting what I'm out warrants for him for this and that. And we know he with us. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We know he was Man, at a show. Real. So when we start seeing that happening, we like, bro, they on, they on you too. They on you too much. Like, they, like, they, they, like they after mm -hmm. you. On, I ain't never you know seen I mean? no shit like that. Like when they lie on you. Mm -hmm. So when they get like to their point, that's when they, you know what I mean? Police then like told my told the judge, they seen me. Like the police told the judge, he, they said like, y'all ain't got no license for nothing. He like, no, I identified him as 42 I I know how, how he look. I know who he is. It was him. I'm not even in Detroit though. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the shit like took me uh, like, damn, what y'all on? Yeah. Like, y'all laughing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the was crazy. Does that make you have to think about your lyrics, too? Because, you know, they be paying attention to what you say in songs. Yeah, but I really be want to say, fuck they ass for real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because, you know what I'm saying? It shouldn't be like that. I don't know what I did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What I'm doing. That's the, that's the, you yeah. know what I'm saying? How y'all not focusing on what I'm doing? Yeah. That's what I ain't get. You know what I'm saying? So when they lie on me, I'm like, Man, this shit be crazy to me. Like, I just had a court day about the shit ain't lied on me. And, you know what I'm saying? My lawyer, like, we want to go past the preliminary hearing. But I'm telling the lawyer, like, bro, I need to hear him tell. I want to see him tell this judge he saw me. 
Like, I need to see this. Shit. I don't believe it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't believe he said this. Shit. I don't tell them, like, I don't believe he said this. Shit. He, like, man, you know what I'm saying? This is what's best. You like, beat the case, though, right? Hell no. I'm oh, still fighting it. Yeah. That sucks that you even got to deal with that if you can show that you wasn't even there. It's just because it costs money, you. right? To have to pay. I show that I wasn't there. They say, show, show some shit for this day. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That type mm -hmm. of game, they get the plan. Yeah, they won't even tell you what day the shit happened. They'll throw three days out there. Like, all right, now prove you was at four or three of these days. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. You fucking up their money, dog, because you the, you, you the guy that's going to come out of the city and empower so many other kids and keep them from going to prison. That's what that shit about. It got to be about something. I'm suing their ass, though. Why? You going to sue the uh, police? What? Okay. Got to. I just lied on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to get sued straight up. When y'all going to stop? Mm hmm Like, I'm on house arrest right now. I ain't even put in to get off this motherfucker just so they know where I'm at. Damn. That's how intense this shit is. Damn. I, wouldn't, I don't even want to get off this motherfucker yet. Damn. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. Like, shit crazy. When do you, when you schedule to get off? I don't know. I ain't put in for it. I'm like, I need to be on this motherfucker, so... They can't keep playing with me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Y'all can't say I'm here because this motherfucker gonna tell y'all where I'm at. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So before that, you decided, before you went to prison and started rapping, what did you think you were gonna do? Get money. I ain't <laughs> what I was gonna do. Straight, I ain't care what it was. Wait, yeah. Straight, you I was gonna get money. If you winning $100,000 in dice games, I think you doing all right. Man, that was cool, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was gonna figure some shit out. What's the most you ever lost, though? So over a period of time, I probably lost like 800,000. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this like right after I get signed, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I'm at my best. I got all the motherfucking money in the world, but the motherfuckers, they, they know I'm good on my hands. So they made me start shooting out a cup. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I lost like three months straight, like without a win. How many times you done bust Gotti ass? <laughs> Me and God ain't won that yet. You see what? <laughs> what no, you want to know? I don't, I don't f with Doug. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got more with 4 2 Doug when we come back. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with 4 2 Doug. Gotti, what's your, what's your plan, Gotti? I mean, you got all these artists. I'm sure uh, tours coming up as soon as the world opens back up. Now, yeah, but, with, with so much success, is it one of those things you'd be like, you know what, I might sell my company, or, or are you going to sit back and continue on? Because you, you got so many different artists selling so many records. That was the point where, what's next for Gotti? Moneybag Yo done been number one two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shout out to Bay. been number one two weeks. Back to back. Oh. Nah, I mean, you know, this is our thing, you know. Where I see it, man, this whole thing is our thing. It ain't just me. So, you know, I'm always going to do what's best for everybody at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? But we're we going to do some a lot of things together. You know, it's just been the pandemic. So everybody, once they open everything back up, we're going to try to put together this tool. We all can go out together. you know, working mm -hmm. on a project where we all can do, do this one project together. So we just letting everybody handle their business, you know what I'm saying? And then when everybody finish handling their business, we're going to come together. And do something. Now, I like no the way God it. Okay. Like usually, you you find one artist mad at the CEO or two artists. Ain't no artists mad at you. Yeah, God, everybody play, must like no money games. We don't play no money games. Gotti too cool, man. You know what I'm saying? How the f you gonna get mad at Gotti? Where, where, where? So for two, Doug, that means you have some artists signed to you also, right? 
So who are, tell me who your artists are. I got Big Money Key. I got Dre. I got Tay. I got Mazo. I got Baby Money. You know what I'm saying? I got Free Bag Boy Mail. I got a whole squad. And That's Detroit like, got such a distinctive sound, too. I think Memphis, Memphis got the best rappers right now, and I think Detroit is number two. As far as city wise, how you gonna switch watches in the middle know, of the interview, like, what just man? I saw that Patty, man. Give me the guy. Give me the diamond test. What is that? Let me see. You look. Let me see. Oh, he got a diamond. I'm gonna turn this on. I gotta. I gotta let it warm up first. Let me ask you a question, though, Doug. It ain't gotta be warm. Hold on. This gotta warm up. It gotta be cold. Have you made the transition from the um the streets to the rap game? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All the way. All the way. I don't do illegal. What's the what's the What's more dangerous, the rap game or the streets? Uh, the street, but right, I don't know. Go hand in hand, though. You know what I'm saying? Cause you gotta protect. You know what I'm saying? My gonna try you. Mm -hmm. Cause you a rap. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But when my try you, that take you back to the streets. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like hand in hand. You gotta know how you gotta to watch yourself, right? You can't move the same. It's yeah, not what it's sure. you gotta, Now everybody know you. The world's looking at you. You gotta eliminate. You know what I'm saying? Gotti, what's the end game for Doug, you think? <laughs> Not the end game, but like, you know, what's what's the next three years of Doug look like to you? Man, Doug just getting started, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, Doug got a long way to go. He just getting started, you know what I mean? So, um, and, and it's a good start, you know, to have mm -hmm. records like he have, you know what I mean? To even be a part of records, that like look, the little baby record, the record he just put out with Rowdy Rich, that shit going crazy. That's going to be a platinum record, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? This the beginning of his career, you know what I'm saying? So, I can't even see the end at this point because like, mm -hmm. I think it's just starting. This he got so so long to be in the game, and you know, a year from now, two years from now, I ain't telling what he gonna be thinking or feeling, which way he gonna want to go. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just riding with him whichever way he want to go. I'm just in the car with him. What you want to do, Doug? Uh, what do you see for yourself? What's your vision? I don't mean if I'm done rapping, I'll talk. <laughs> 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 I'm just, you know what I'm saying. I'm just taking it as it, you know, as it comes. Mm -hmm. For real, I'm, I'm just trying to get better each and every day, each and every song. You know what I'm saying. Build more relationships. Take care of my family. Well, listen, man. Forty two, Doug. Uh, it was a pleasure to sit here and build with you for for, for a little while. Uh, Freedom Boys is out right now. Yes. yes. What you gonna you gonna come back out in two weeks with another album? <laughs> Hell no, not two weeks. But you know what I'm saying. Right Be around the corner. Out. He got a lot Five of material. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's next for the for the, for the squad, Gotti? Who, who's on? Who's next on the lineup? Man, everybody. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know the way we we rock over here, Charlemagne. Like I don't pick dates. Mm -hmm. I don't pick dates. I don't pick who up next. You know what I mean? Whoever ready to come when they ready to come, that's who go. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I said, everybody, everybody control their own vision, their own destination. Everybody shine together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody shining together over here. Everybody bosses. Youngster working on some new shit. I know that. I was just talking to him about that. Okay. That guy right okay. there. So I know Youngster coming. <laughs> uh, ESTG, he just turned his whole shit in already. Mm -hmm. um, bag already back in the studio. I just left him in LA. Don't stop. He already in the studio. So, man, everybody, you know, everybody just working, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I thought Doug and EST was a group at one point. We is. <laughs> they got a lot okay, of music. Okay, because y'all had so much music together. I was like, damn. We is. That's what's happening. Well, 42, Doug, 
Freedom Boys is out right four now. What I say? Oh, four two Doug. My fault. Four two Doug. <laughs> it's the Breakfast Club. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Woo! Well, Tiny and Ti's son King Harris. They tried to press him. And he held his ground. He actually, during this altercation, well, it wasn't an altercation, but while they were trying to press him, he went to the car, got his backpack, and came back. And here's what it sounded like. You from here? Yeah, I'm from, from here. here. Yeah, I'm from here. All right, so let's start with you, bro. Let's go. Your hand around me, talking out your ass like you want to do something. What's up, bro? No. Oh, no. What's up, bro? Nothing. What? Nothing. Relax. Or what? Nothing. Or what? Nothing. Or what? Nothing. Or what? Keep out your business, Hey, man. That's Tip Boy right there now. Leave Tip Boy alone now. That bloodline different. Okay? <laughs> you heard what Tip told you. I never ran a back down from no... <laughs> Boy, I don't man. see nothing wrong with what he did. He, my man walking out out the museum. Somebody put their arm around me talking crazy. Hey, hey, hey. Back up off me. I got to protect myself. Protection. Defend myself. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine just being nope. like, you know, a famous kid and then people is always trying to come at you crazy? Can't let that happen. I don't got to be a kid to feel that. <laughs> what you talking about? You didn't see me almost get jumped in front of this radio station. My nerves bad. Okay. All right. Now, Yvonne Orji is reflecting on the last Insecure table read ahead of the final season of Insecure. I'm so sad that this is coming to an end, but she was on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and here's what she said about how emotional it got. The final season of Insecure. Is it getting sentimental on set? Today it did, because we actually had our final table read. Oh, today was the last table read. Yeah, oh, there yeah. might have been some thug tears shed. There were, huh? I was a little mad a little bit. But prior to the day, me, Issa and I would like <laughs> be on each other's like sets, our apartment sets, and we'd be like, I'm taking that when we wrap. No, 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 I want that from your apartment. <laughs> and, so, and so we're like calling dibs. Damn. That's the I'm end of an sad, era. Yeah, man. That's one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you know T.I.'s son is only 16? I thought he was older than that for some reason. I don't know why. He's got a few of them, Envy. You yeah. might have been thinking of another yeah. one. Maybe, maybe think of another one, maybe. That's a very random... Uh, you just ignored Yvonne Orji and Issa Rae. Huh? No, I just know. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about it. He went to the car to grab his backpack, and I'm, but I'm thinking he's of age. But I'm like, damn, he's only 16 years old. That's Which, which is crazy. How old you got to be the owner gun in Georgia? 21. Oh. You a snitch, bro. <laughs> you just a whole. Well, we also don't. We, we don't know what was in the backpack. We don't know what was in the backpack, backpack so. man. Oh, I just said you're right. Myself. That's all I said. You said it. You the snitch. No, I didn't know it was a gun. I, I shouldn't even assume <laughs> I said, that. No, said that. Why did I, I even assume that? <laughs> I don't know. I should not have assumed that. No, you're absolutely right. I should not have assumed that. All right, now let's. Since we're talking about insecure, Sex in the City, that reboot is going to feature Mr. Big, Aiden Shaw, and Steve Brady. When it was reported that the show was coming back, that reboot. They hadn't signed on Mr. Big and Steve Brady yet to be part of that reboot, but now they are going to be on there. So, you know, that should be exciting. We also let you guys know that Kim Cattrall, a.k.a. Samantha, will not be returning for her role. So it was the fallout that she had with her other co-stars on there. I could give a damn. When are we going to get us a Girlfriends reboot? Okay, when are we going to get our Girlfriends miniseries? How many Sex in the City closures? We don't get we ain't had no closure for Girlfriends yet, but we don't had seven different closures for Sex in the City. If I was Mr. Big, I wouldn't come back either. I'm like, what else y'all need me to do? He is coming back. Oh, never mind. I ain't even here. Are you here. listening, man? No. Are you listening? No. <laughs> He's definitely no. not listening. No. No, no I'm not. Because as soon as you started talking about Sex in the City again, I don't want to hear because I started thinking about why we don't get more Girlfriends. But whatever. All right. Now, Lady Gaga was uh, discussing on the Me You Can't See, which is a new docuseries that's co-created by Prince Harry and Oprah. <clears throat> 
And that is to tackle the stigma of <clears throat> mental health. And here's what she had to say about an incident that happened to her when she was 19 years old. Uh, she said she was raped and left pregnant. First, I felt full on pain. Then I went numb. And then I was sick for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks after. And I realized that it was the same pain that I felt when the person who raped me dropped me off pregnant on a corner, my, my parents' house, because I was vomiting, because I'd been being abused. I was locked away in a studio for months. Damn. I'm sending healing energy to Lady Gaga. And she also will not name the person who did this to her. Here's what she had to say. A producer said to me, take your clothes off. And I said, no. And I left and they told me they were gonna burn all my music. They didn't stop asking me and then I just froze and I just, I don't, re I don't even remember. I understand this Me Too movement. I understand that some people feel really comfortable with this and I do not, I do not ever wanna face that person again. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lady Gaga. All right, well that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Oh, man. Four after the hour, I got to give donkey today to uh, me, Bernard McKelvey. I need to come to the front of the congregation. I'd like to, I'd like to have a word with myself this morning. Okay. Yes. All right. It's not, wow. the first, it's not the first time, guys. Relax. I know you've done it before, but we'll get into it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hiring is challenging. But there's one place you can go where hiring is simple and smart. That place is ZipRecruiter, where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash breakfast. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed one. So like a donkey. Yeehaw. Okay. Donkey of the Day. <laughs> Club, now, I've been called a lot in my 23 years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. <clears throat> Donkey of the Day for Monday, May 24th goes to me, Lenard McKelvey. Uh, contrary to popular belief, this is not the first time I've given myself Donkey of the Day because Donkey of the Day does not discriminate. I mean, I may be kind of biased towards certain people, but I don't have any bias when it comes to myself. If I'm wrong, if something I do or say doesn't sit right with my spirit, I have to apologize and do better moving forward, and that's what I'm about to do right now. I want to apologize to Kwame Brown and Kwame Brown's family. I want to apologize to his father, Bill Brown, and, and, and the family of his father. See, last week on this radio, in my attempt to defend a Charleston, South Carolina-born brother like myself, uh, I revealed too much information about that man's family. And even though all that stuff is public record, some things just don't need to be said on the radio, and they definitely don't need to be said by me. When I look back you know, on the way I communicated that, I communicated it all wrong. And I unintentionally triggered trauma in a lot of folks I grew up with who I genuinely love. I'm sure I caused a lot of pain for not only Kwame Brown, but for his family, especially his family in my hometown amongst Corner, South Carolina. You know how I know? Because I spoke to a few of them. Uh, I've been on the phone this weekend with, with, with mothers of children and their children. Uh, salute to Shaliba and her daughter, Brianda. I was on the phone with uh, sisters like uh, Wallet. Salute to Wallet. Oh, she cursed me out good. 
And, you know, I was apologizing for triggering them, causing them pain because I was casually discussing their family's trauma, man. And, and that's something that I have to stop doing. That's something that we all have to stop doing. I was talking to my sacred purpose coach, Yadi Alba, this weekend. She's like a spiritual therapist. I have her and my clinical therapist. And that's what we were talking about, how we casually discuss each other's traumas. I didn't even think about when I spoke on, you know, Kwame and his family, how many people were impacted by those things I was speaking on. I mean, that's that's generational. Okay, I, I caused pain and unintentionally unintentionally poked at people's wounds. Okay, wounds that will probably never heal. And I can't take back those words, but I can't apologize. You know, I think oftentimes we, meaning black people, we fight each other with our demons, whether true or false, whatever is the worst thing we know about a person or think we or think we know about a person, we default to that. And that was not my intention. I was not in any way, shape, or form trying to paint Kwame in a negative light. Okay, that black man is not my op. He wasn't my op when I said it. In my mind, I'm defending that man, but I should have been defending him as Lenard Charlemagne the God McKelvey, the professional, and not Lenard Larry, whatever you want to call me from Monk's Corner, South Carolina, talking like I'm home in the town on why I believe they need to leave Kwame Brown alone. That was whack because the conversation didn't even have to go there. The conversation should have been about basketball. Yes, leave Kwame Brown alone because he achieved a goal and a dream that 1.3% of NCAA seniors will achieve and 0.03% of high school seniors. You know how small a number that is? And, you know, just that's just simply being drafted in the NBA. If you play 13 seasons and make $65 million, you're a success, okay? If you work 13 years anywhere and make that kind of money, you're a success. So salute to that man. The only expectations we have to live up to is our own. That's why I always say success is subjective, okay? My views of success may be different than yours, as long as you're happy, that's all that matters. But we didn't even get into that conversation because my mind automatically went to something that didn't that it didn't even have to go to. And doing that, I unintentionally caused trauma. And since I unintentionally caused trauma, I have to be intentional about causing healing. I'm not about to sit around and have beef with another black man for nothing. Trust me, as y'all know, I have a lot of real enemies who are gunning for me every day. Kwame Brown is not going to be one of them. OK, I totally understand why Kwame Brown was upset at me. I went low. That wasn't my intention. But in hindsight, it was low. And Kwame took it to the floor with me. And y'all be online so excited, ready to see black people go back and forth and tear each other down. I'm not doing that. I'm not going back and forth if I feel like I wronged somebody. I'm going to apologize. That's what I think a good man does. A good man apologizes for the mistakes, you know, that he made. But a great man corrects them. Hopefully, I get the opportunity to do that one day. But for now, I just apologize. And I'm not beefing with a black man who's born where I was born and has family where I'm from. There's nothing on this planet that I love more than God, my family, and Monk's Corner, South Carolina, the whole low country, the 843. Drop on the clues, bomb for the 843. Okay? So when I say I sincerely apologize to Kwame Brown and his family and the family of Bill Brown and Monk's Corner, I mean that. Only thing I'm responsible for is my energy and recognizing my own insanity. And Eckhart Tolle once said to recognize one's own insanity is, of course, the arising of sanity, the beginning of healing and transcendence. I truly believe if trauma can be passed down through generations, then so can healing. Me, Leonard McKelvey, I have never claimed to be perfect. In fact, I'm far from it. I'm not going to always get it right. The same things people listen to me for is the same things they hate me for because I talk too much. I overshare. I overshare about myself. I overshare about others. And that has historically gotten me in trouble. But we are all works in progress. And one of the most healing things you can do is recognize where in your life you are your own poison. And last week I was poisoned to Kwame Brown, Bill Brown, and their families. For that, I sincerely apologize. Uh, please let Remy Ma give me Leonard McKelvey, Charlemagne the God, the biggest he are. Hee-haw!
hee-haw. You stupid motherfucker. Are you dumb? Yes, indeed. Meaning, oh. I am dumb at times. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask you, Drummond. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, no. up next, Dr. Rita Walker will oh, be joining man. us. We'll now, kick it with Dr. Rita Walker when we come back. This is actually a great segue because, you know, I always give out the book, The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health by Dr. Rita Walker. It's one of my favorite books of the last couple of years, and I can't wait to discuss with her. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Oh. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest joining us this morning, Dr. Rita Walker. She is the author of The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health, and it is Mental Health Awareness Month, so we couldn't ask for a better guest. Good morning, Dr. Walker. Good morning, Charlamagne. How you doing? I am blessed, black, and highly favored. And I'm about to ask you the same question, but I need an honest answer. Okay, how are you? I'm good. I would put my PF, my psychological fortitude rating at about a seven and a half. Okay. Wow. Why is it like that this morning? Just because? It's in the semester. Grades are done. My dog is is behaving and I can't complain. I, I really just can't complain. Absolutely. I'm glad to hear that. Well, you know, it is it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And uh, I, have a, I have a lot of different questions I want to ask. You know, number one, the pandemic. I don't think none of us are the same as we were before the pandemic. How do you think the pandemic moving forward will affect our social skills? Because I feel a little bit awkward when I'm out and around a lot of people, more so than usual. How do you think it will impact our, our social skills? First and foremost, everybody has to be aware of how they're feeling about it, you know, and how they're feeling about being out in public and interacting with folks. We had our first birthday party this weekend and folks asked, and I appreciate it, like, are you hugging? You know, what are you doing? And I had to be comfortable saying like, yeah, I'm not really ready to hug right now. And we have to be honest about that. And I get it, you know, there's a lot of pressure. And also you wanna hug people, right? Like we haven't mm -hmm. seen a lot of folks in a long time and we wanna connect. But we have to be aware and just honor, you know, our own feelings and our own anxieties about what it means to connect with other people right now. You know, I, I think the pandemic made people see themselves for the first time. And a lot of folks have feelings they may not have uh, had before. So the depression and the, ang the anxiety, they got it, but they don't really know what it is. So how can people identify, you know, those illnesses in themselves and maybe in others? Well, you know, I try to talk about that in the book because in a lot of ways, we normalize mental health issues. So we somehow figure out how to navigate overwhelming anxiety and depression in a way that we couldn't hide from it when we were in the pandemic, basically. And any individual, I will always say, if there is something about your level of worry or your level of not being interested in being bothered with people impacts your day-to-day -day life and your happiness, then it's probably time to at least get an assessment. So whenever people talk to a mental health professional, they think, well, that means I'm crazy. And so I need somebody to help me with my crazy. Well, it starts with an assessment and that individual being able to say, okay, tell me how you're doing with this. Or is this problem showing up in different situations in your life with different relationships? And is it out of proportion to what, so maybe other people have said like, yeah, that thing that you do right there, like that's problematic. And they help you evaluate how much of the issue is actually a problem for you or is it just something that's idiosyncratic to you like just part of who you are mm. because you know we can't all be the same how do you deal with someone who you know is like okay they clearly need to get some professional help but they don't see it i smile angela because you know that's the number one question <laughs> that i get 
And the short answer, unfortunately, is that is that you can't. And I'll give you the reverse scenario. Imagine that there's something that you're doing and somebody's saying to you, like, you need to get help for that. You need to stop that. Like, are you trying to hear them? Oftentimes, no. And you feel like, well, they don't know me. They don't know my life. Like, we come up with reasons. And so I think the bridge in there is to say to that person, I'm concerned about fill in the blank. And then say, you know, I am here for you to support you if it's something that you want to talk about, you know, maybe it's something that you want to get some help with. I'm here for you so that they don't feel put upon and that they really do get that you you're coming to them from a loving and caring place rather than being judgmental, which we can do oftentimes, you know, but and, and we're not judging, but people hear it as judgment. And what you want them to hear is that you care and you're concerned and you want to support them wherever they are. Dr. Walker, what if it's something that is like serious, though, like you feel like they need medic? Uh, I mean, and I hate to even say someone, quote, needs medication, but like a real serious thing where you feel like, you know, their ups are too up and downs are too downs and they're coming up with scenarios in their head. It could even be as serious, you know, cause doc- we're not I'm not a doctor, but it could be schizophrenia. It could be bipolar disorder. And that person really needs help. And you're scared that they might harm themselves like in this country. What can you do for somebody that if they're not trying to seek that help and they don't see it, but, you know, it's a real medical con- like concern. Well, you said something that was important in there, and that is that that person is a harm or danger to themselves, or maybe they're a danger to someone else. And that's a different level of intervention that is calling for, and especially when they're in a place of crisis, like you feel like they're in crisis or at any moment they could be in crisis and they might not be here tomorrow if you don't intervene. At that point, you actually have to call emergency services. And I pause at that, I got to tell you, because I know that emergency folks don't always know how to deal with mental health issues and crises, especially in our community. But at the same time, that's about the only thing that you can do because you can't intervene. Like you don't have the physical willpower or you don't have what it takes to be able to maybe restrain them. But if you have concerns about them being in crisis, then you have to call 911. Let them know the circumstances. Make sure you're there. Make sure someone else is present to protect that individual. But short of that, short of them being in crisis, you have to be diligent. Go check on them every day. Tell them what your concerns are. Tell them that you think that if they keep doing X, Y, and Z, your fear, you have to share your fears because we have to make ourselves vulnerable, right? When we're trying to help other people, sometimes we have to say, my fear is that you might not be here tomorrow if we don't do something different. And until that person gets to that place where they say, you know what, I hear you, then you're not gonna be able to convince them to do anything differently. And I know it's, I know it's hard to hear because there's so many people struggling, but they need to know that you care about them first and foremost before they can make any change for themselves. I lost two friends to suicide last year. And even when you, you know, you make those calls to the, to the like 911 and say you need a, a welfare check. Like, you know, I had a 911 operator tell me that they can't do a welfare check because the person hasn't harmed anyone and they haven't harmed themselves. And then, you know, uh, a month or so later, you know, you find out that, you know, your friend completed suicide. So what do you do in situations like that? I'm, I mean, I'm sorry to hear about that, to be honest. And because what it says to me is that the person that you spoke to was not well trained. Because when you call for help for a welfare check, the person who's on the other end of that call needs to be able to respond and not say, well, they haven't harmed themselves yet. The purpose of a welfare check is to make sure that that person does not Absolutely. harm themselves. And as you know, that's one of the reasons why we have to get the word out even more so that there is better training around suicide prevention. 
a lot of mental health professionals, and I think you know this, Charlemagne, aren't well-trained around managing suicide risk and suicide vulnerability. And so we have a lot of work to do around mental health crisis among mental health professionals and in the public. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Dr. Rita Walker. Charlemagne? How do we protect the mental health of people who've lost loved ones to suicide? Especially if you, you know, found the body. Like, I hear a lot of those conversations. I've got friends who found the body of their, you know, sibling or, you know, things like that. That's traumatic. Full stop. And those individuals have to get help. They have to process with someone else. And even if they didn't find the person themselves, you know, the, the level of guilt that goes on top of the grief, it's overwhelming. And I know, you know, people are strong, you know, we're resilient, but sometimes we don't heal in ways that are most helpful. So if someone breaks their leg, eventually that might heal on its own, but there's gonna be consequences of them not getting, you know, using crutches or maybe not getting a cast. And it's the same for our psychological health and well-being that sometimes we need someone to help us adjust and reframe things so that we can come out of that traumatizing experience, you know, in, in the best psychological health that we can, recognizing that those individuals may continue for years to struggle and deal with the, the trauma, the grief, the guilt. And that's the part that is, is the most challenging is the guilt that is overlaying on top of the grief. You know, you know, I got friends who lost parents, you know, recently is, and, and I wonder is grief counseling, something everyone should get and and how do you know if you if you absolutely need grief counseling because you know of course you're going to be sad if your parent dies but how do you know if you need to go talk to somebody about it you know as as someone who lost my dad at a relatively young age my dad died on the day before my 29th birthday wow um i i recommend that everyone either go to a support group or get some grief counseling so that we can help navigate our way through the grief. In our society, we kind of rush through grief. And that's why, you know, we we rush through it. Like, you know, after the funeral, we think, well, you good, right? You know, I'm, I'm all right. But there's so much more to grief than that. In, in West African countries, folks grieve for a year. Like there is a structured grief process for a full year. Um, because I think that what oftentimes will happen is folks will have this moment like six months later and they're crying and they're like, that came out of nowhere. What just happened? And they think something's wrong with them. It's like, no, that's that's grief. Now, there is a thing that is complicated grief that if someone is still overwhelmed and struggling with grief, say, you know, several years after the loss, then they definitely want to get help if they didn't get any at the time of the loss or shortly thereafter. What do you think some of the mental illnesses are that that, that are often found in the black community that we rarely discuss? All of them? No. Um, so <laughs> the most common... Uh, the, or the two most common types of psychological disorders are anxiety-related problems and depression. And interestingly, anxiety is more common than depression. And the thing is, we can't ignore the impact of racism because it has made us more hypervigilant. And hypervigilance is connected to anxiety. The notion that we're always trying to figure out like, okay, what do I need to do to stay safe? What do I need to do to get this promotion? You know, what do I need mm. to do to not look like I'm stealing something in a store. Like all of that stuff raises our hypervigilance. And so we're always trying to figure out like, okay, what's going on? What are they thinking? What do I need to do? How do I adjust? And that raises our anxiety. But the anxiety that we carry with us can be problematic because it's also related to our health. You know, we have this unchecked hypertension, high blood pressure and all these kinds of issues. It's related a lot of times to our anxiety. It's not all anxiety, 
but some of it is. And then just the depression, you know, we like to talk about black boy joy, you know, we need a lot more joy, but we don't get to have, you know, the kind of carefree lives that other folks live because we're managing so much and it makes us have a low level of depression that we oftentimes just aren't aware of. I agree with you on all of those. Another one I think is schizophrenia. I think um, paranoid schizophrenia is something that I've, I've, I've lost people because of, and I know that in, even in that person's family, it's people in their family who had a history of paranoid schizophrenia. That's the one that I have no clue on how to deal with. So schizophrenia is challenging. We think about schizophrenia, it is, is a disconnection from reality. You know, and people have, you know, they hear things that aren't there, they see things that aren't there, and they, they're just disconnected from the world around them. They live in their own world. But some of those symptoms actually show up in bipolar disorder. So people who have untreated and unmanaged bipolar disorder can also look schizophrenic. And unfortunately, Black people are actually overdiagnosed with schizophrenia when it's bipolar disorder. Wow. And so that's why I, I pause with that because, you know, schizophrenia is one of those things we associate with being crazy, right? And so that's why we don't get mental health care because we're like, well, I'm not crazy. I don't have schizophrenia. You know, I don't hear voices. Mental health is so much more than that, as you know. So with that being said, we do have schizophrenia. It is a legitimate diagnosis. And when the symptoms start to show up, so for Black men, it can be late teens, early 20s. For Black women, the symptoms and signs can show, start to show up a little bit later, like mid-20s. You know, we have to get help as soon as we can so that the prognosis and the person's ability to manage their schizophrenia is better. Somebody who's in their 40s and 50s, you know, right now trying to manage schizophrenia, it's better than waiting until they're 70, but we still want to treat them as soon as possible because they can learn skills. There really are skills that people can learn to manage that, you know, and being able to identify stressors because stress can trigger a schizophrenic or, or disconnection from reality. And we have to be aware of those. How do we show up for the families of the people or friends of the people diagnosed with mental illness, the people who have to deal with the person who's schizophrenic or bipolar or has anxiety or depression? How do we show up for those people? We need a lot of support. And one of the places I will, I always direct folks to is NAMI, so National Association for, for Mental Illness, um, because they have support groups where families learn, you know, skills, learn how to manage their own, own mental health, because someone who's having to, you know, provide support or a family member who's providing support for someone else who's dealing with mental health challenges, those individuals can struggle too. I think that's why you asked the question. And so, you know, whenever we can give them breaks and say, hey, you know what, do you need to run an errand because they're providing nonstop care? Can I be there for you when you're running an errand? Maybe I can go sit with your family member. You know, maybe I can run the errand for you, like providing practical support. Man, I, I know you got to go. So this is my last question. And I always like to ask this. Do we ever get to a place of true healing and wholeness? Ooh, I think that we will get there when we start to uh, connect with who we are and our cultural identity. Because once we do that, then we connect with one another and then we start to build what we need. That as long as we're waiting you know, to get permission to be who we are or to get permission to infiltrate some of these systems that have never wanted us to be a part of them. If we keep waiting for that, we're not going to get there. But when we can start, you know, we'll stop being suspicious of one another, you know, start to trust one another, build community, connect with who we are, then we will be able to prosper and be successful. I don't think it can happen before then. 
Her name is Dr. Rita Walker. Dr. Rita Walker, give them your Instagrams and Twitters and all that good stuff, please. Absolutely. So Dr. Rita Walker, and let me spell Rita. It's R-H-E-E-D as in diamond A. So Dr. Rita Walker, I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. I try to post videos to help folks, you know, manage stress and to understand racism and assess psychological fortitude so that we can, in fact, get to a place where we're living our best lives. That's right. And the book is Thank called The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health. You know, I bought a bunch of these and I just give them out to, you know, young brothers and young sisters, you know, just just because I think this is the most culturally competent book about black mental health that I personally ever read. So thank you, Dr. Rita Walker, for not only existing, but creating this masterpiece. And I have to thank you, Charlemagne, because I, you know, I get messages from folks even now who say they picked up the book because you talked about it and it has changed their lives and they tell their whole families about it. And it just, it really warms my heart how well the book has done. And it's in no small part due to you letting folks know about the book even months before it came out. So thank you so much. No, thank, thank you, you all for letting me be here. Thank you. Anytime. It's Dr. Rita Walker. It's The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Soldier Boy and Bow Wow are going to be facing off in an upcoming versus battle. Now, Soldier Boy tweeted out Soldier Boy versus Bow Wow. Hashtag versus is official. And uh, Swiss did share Soldier's tweet on his IG stories. So I guess it's not official, official, but looks like they did have that conversation. Here did they is... announce it? Did, like, I was confused. Did they, this, did they, did they, did they, do they want that to happen or did they already announce a date? Play the, or play the audio it? to answer this question. Yeah, please. Stop playing. This is going to be bigger than life, bro. Like, I'm I'm, I'm happy to, to celebrate with you. They was throwing O in there. I saw a lot of Mario, and I'm like, bro, that's my bro, too. But O, R&B singer, I actually would like to see O go against Mario, me personally. Me and you make so much sense, brother. We've toured. We've been on tour together. Me and you got a whole motherfucking mixtape together. We on tour right now, bro. We on tour right now, my And on top of that, you got a hot new record out. The day before we do Versus, my movie come out. Let me tell you something. That's an amazing versus. I don't care what y'all think about Soldier Boy and Bow Wow. You can't front on them dudes. They are pioneers, superstars. I don't even know who I think will win. I lean Soldier Boy, but Bow Wow got some joints. It's going to be fun to watch. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it'll be very entertaining. And J. Cole got his sixth number one Billboard 200 album with the off-season, 282,000 roughly. Drop on a clue. J. Cole. Week. Great album. It's the highest first week sales for a hip-hop album in 2021 so far and the most stream hip-hop release of 2021 with 325 million on-demand streams. Now, J. Cole did go on Twitter and said, sending a thank you from Rwanda, number one album. I appreciate the love. I heard the noise from out here. The off-season means keep pushing yourself. I will do the same. J. Cole has also joined Timbaland's Beat Club, which is a new online marketplace for beats. And Timbaland posted this video with J. Cole discussing the... Uh, uh, getting a track from Timberland and how difficult it was and Twitch and all of that. Sometimes I hit somebody for a beat and then f around and not do nothing. So I'm like, I can't do that to Timberland. You know what I mean? Let me at least like, so I looped up the YouTube little rip, made a whole song on the I spent the next two days like writing and recording the song. And like right when I was like 90% through writing it, I'm like, I should probably call him now and get the real file. And I hit him, I'm like, bro, can you send me this beat you played on Twitch? He was like, uh, yeah, I'll send it to you, which one? And I played him the beat and he was like, I can't say that one. <laughs> I was like, what the f you, you know what I mean? Like, so he had to remake it. 
Wow. Oh. Timbo's a <laughs> genius, though. I'm sure that was nothing to him. Once he heard it, he could play it back. Mm-hmm. I know. That's dope, though. And that song was Amari, for, uh, if you guys didn't know already. All right. And Kodak Black is not excited about his first week numbers. And apparently he sold 22,000 first week. And he went on social media to respond to that. He said, me dropping the same day as Nikki and J. Cole is not an excuse for me because I'm as big an artist as them. I used to sell 100,000 first week, etc. But along the way, the game turned gay. Even though I get to singing <laughs> to bees, I signed up for gangster rap, not this peekaboo ass-ish where good-hearted real individuals are forced to hide their support for you in public. Oh, drop one of Clues Bombs for Kodak Black, man. Yak is yak, man. Lo, I was not expecting that. I didn't know what that, I didn't know what turn you was about to say. I thought he was just holding himself accountable, but no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But he said he <sighs> still feels great. He's still a multimillionaire with lots of records sold, and that's without support from Spotify and major platforms. Jeez. He said, LOL, not even Shade Room. Mm-mm-mm-mm. All right, and Uncle Luke is calling out the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because he still has not been inducted. He went on social media. He went on Instagram and said, ish, another year of not getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, he deserves it. A hundred percent. Like Luke is the per- the reason that we can speak the way that we speak. Like the whole parental advisory stickers on albums, you know, are just fighting back against censorship. That was Luke. Luke was fighting back against cancel outrage culture before it was a thing. So, yes, he yeah. deserves We still be there. playing his music today, okay? I just hate the Rock so. and Roll Hall of Fame. I wish it was just a music Hall of Fame. Like, I hate the fact that it has a, a genre of music on it. I love the fact that we got the, well, hopefully opening soon, the Hip Hop Museum out in the Bronx. So yeah. some of our They broke ground, but I'm sure it's going to take a little while. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm excited for that because I want to see a lot of our artists mm-hmm. and some of their accomplishments in there. All right, and Lil Baby and Lil Dirk are appearing, have a, appeared to announce the Voice of Heroes release date, their long-awaited collab album. June 4th is the date. Mm-hmm. So that should be exciting. And Lil Baby posted album finish, June 4th, Voice of Heroes. Y'all excited for that one, right? Uh, yeah. 100%. Question two, why does Soldier Boy and Bow Wow, why, why, why are they so <laughs> young and they not our generation, but they feel like they are our generation? Came out so long ago. You gotta think. They were young when they came out. out, We were we were young, and their records were still transcendent. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yes, they. I mean, we weren't young. Soldier Boy was sixteen when he. Yeah, we weren't young. Well, we were definitely a lot younger. Twenty years ago, it was like twenty years ago. (laughs) There was no gray hairs, and we had a real beard. You know what I mean? (laughs) You had hair. You had your eyebrows done. Whoa, 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 whoa! Slow down, sir. What? I did not have my eyebrows done. You did have your eyebrows done. I had my eyebrows done in the nineties. You just got your haircut today, too, because I can see all the lights in the studio shining off your, your head. Who? You. It's like reflecting. Oh, no, that's yeah, just a fresh ball. I got this last week, that's though. Thank said. you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I but mean, like, I can see every light. People's reflections and everything. I'll be glad. All right. And speaking of which, Charlemagne, for you, Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod, has launched his own makeup for men. Oh. So... <laughs> he said what? he wanted to create a product what? that <laughs> solved an issue I face every day. No, I don't wear yes, makeup. Yes, you do. And you get your eyebrows done. Are you a YouTuber? Well, <laughs> Are you, you a YouTuber? The blur, <laughs> you may want to get the blur stick. It's a concealer specifically designed for men that can be oh, used for skin imperfections. That, yeah. is, that is not true. I, I wear makeup. I wear a little bit of foundation when I'm on TV. <laughs> See, you wear okay. makeup. Don't say a little right. bit. Wearing you wear every day. makeup. No, and if I did wear it, I would wear Fenty. I would not wear it Alex Rodriguez's Why? blur brand. 
I just like Fenty. They it's got better shades. <laughs> they just do. I like See, their foundation is just better. Wear makeup. It's all good. I don't wear makeup. This is, How do you know it's better if you never tried it? He wears makeup. Look, y'all see any makeup on it? That's just flawless Dr. Sandy dermatology. Okay? All right? You wear makeup. No, I saw I don't. some. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, uh, shout to Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. Let's go. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hey, it's Angela Yee. By using brands like Dove and Hellman's, you're supporting Unilever and the everyday good they do. Like donating more than $25 million worth of everyday products and services to groups like Feeding America this year. Visit UnileverDoesGood.com to support communities impacted by the pandemic. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend back to the work week. I'm back. I'm back in the city. Yes. Continue to play I got my car second, shows. Hmm? I got my second vaccination shot. I'm like exhausted. No, how was that? It just made me tired. It just made me tired. But I feel okay. Like I don't feel sick or nothing. I'm just really tired. When'd you get it? What day you got it? I just got it yesterday. Oh, okay. I know this, a lot of people say after about 48 hours, it, um, hmm? it keep, they say it keeps you down for like 48, 72 hours, the second shot? Uh, no, a day usually. I mean, it depends. It, it depends how your body reacts to it. Mine was the day after in the evening. So I guess you can see later on tonight how you feel. But uh, it was just like you said, I had a temperature and then I had the chills. But we'll see. Hopefully everything is good. And listen, I, know, I hope so. <laughs> I want to salute everybody uh, who's been grabbing Tamika Mallory's State of Emergency, How to Win in the Country We Built, man. Like, drop one of the clues bombs for Tamika Mallory. Like, I love to see people responding to her the way that she, the way that they do. So it's available everywhere you buy books now. Audio version, hardcover, ebook, whatever you want, you can get it wherever you buy books. All right. When we come back, positive notice, The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, Charlamagne, you got a positive note? I do, man. Um, I said this quote earlier. I was paraphrasing during Donkey of the Day, but I want to repeat it again um, just because I think it's that powerful. A good person apologizes for the mistakes of the past, but a great person corrects them. Breakfast Club, bitches! We all finished or y'all done? <laughs> 